Hey there, it's Ryan Seacrest for Safeway. Now that spring is here, it's time to focus on self-care and revitalize your personal care routine. Now through March 26, head in store, shop for all your favorite personal care essentials, and earn four times rewards points. Shop for items like Crest toothpaste, secret deodorant, Old Spice deodorant, or Gillette razors. Offer expires March 26. Restrictions apply. Promotions may vary. Visit Safeway.com for more details. Oh, should we start this show? Yeah, I'm down. Just buying a car in Carvana first. Ooh, for real? Yeah, it's super convenient. I already got pre-qualified in two minutes. All I had to do is answer a few questions. Ooh, that's helpful. And now just customizing my down and monthly payments. Ooh, that's a very fair deal. Yep. Boom. Just bought a car. And you get to take me to the Carvana vending machine in a couple days to pick it up. Ooh. I'm kind of busy. Visit Carvana.com to finance your next car. Financing subject to credit approval. Well, there's two ways to look at it. Either A, you say this is a total mess, or you can say, well, this is good. It's amazing what happens when some conservatives stand up for their principles, and we might even get a different Speaker of the House than Kevin McCarthy. The headlines all over the country are exactly what you would expect. This after Kevin McCarthy lost his third ballot. The House in chaos is how CNN has it with no speaker elected, all business on hold. Democrats are loving this moment, cherishing this moment and saying, look at how the Republicans are in, quote, disarray. Is this disarray worth something for a 24 hour hold? Yes, I believe that it is. Now, the House has decided to adjourn. The headlines read there's, quote, no end in sight. Is that actually true? Well, joining me now to talk about the history of this and exactly what's happened is Carrie Pickett. She's a senior congressional reporter for The Washington Times and a good friend of mine. Carrie, I appreciate you coming on. I know you're very busy right now as a senior congressional reporter for The Washington Times. Uh, This hasn't happened in literally 100 years. Put a little Mm -hmm. bit of historical perspective into this now, and then we'll get into the modern kind of day politics of it. That's right. The House Speaker's election, as you mentioned, has not required multiple ballots in 100 years. Now, House historians, uh, they've recorded 14 instances, many of them in the years after the Civil War, in which the Speaker election required numerous ballot rounds. And the last time was at the start of the 68th Congress in 1923. That was when Frederick Huntington Gillette uh, he was a Massachusetts Republican. He was elected on the ninth ballot. Okay. Now the uh, five holdouts against uh, McCarthy. You know they're demanding really key changes to the House rules that would uh, take power away from uh, the Speaker and giving more governing authority to the committees and rank and file lawmakers. You know, for example, one would uh, require the reinstatement of a rule that would allow lawmakers a vote to replace the uh, House Speaker at mid-Congress. And uh, look, understandably so, uh, McCarthy has been pretty reluctant to negotiate with these uh, five holdouts out of concern that it will embolden this uh, group to make even more demands, even even after if he was elected speaker. Now, as we've seen, Ben, uh, it isn't just five holdouts. After uh, three rounds so far, we've seen like, you know, 19 uh, uh, members come out against McCarthy voting for Mr. Biggs uh, of, uh, of, of, of uh, Arizona as 
as well as Mr. Jordan of Ohio. So, you know, he has a lot of negotiations to do right now. You know, you look at the these these 20 that have basically said, hey, we'll go uh, with Jim Jordan, for example. We're done, um, you know, with Kevin McCarthy. And a lot of people are saying now it looks like Kevin McCarthy may be done. He says, no, I'm not. The adjournment, does it help or hurt? Because the early morning argument uh, uh, when they got there Tuesday morning was, hey, if it takes 100 votes, Kevin McCarthy said, we're going to do it in 100 votes. If it takes 150, we're going to stay. This wasn't that many votes. This was, you know, after three times, they said, okay, we're going to adjourn. Now, so people understand why there was an adjournment. There was a lot of members of Congress that have their family members there. Usually you elect the Speaker of the House. Then you go and take your pictures with your family for your swearing in the pictures and all of that hoopla. Your family's there. And there were a lot of members that said, all right, we're not getting anywhere uh, on Tuesday. We know that. Let's adjourn till Wednesday at noon. Let's go take these pictures um, and, and kind of do this with our family and have this moment in our personal careers where we're becoming members of Congress. But there's a lot of people that say, OK, this could be bad news for Kevin McCarthy because it gives more time for people behind the scenes to have conversations that maybe they couldn't have had while they were still all sitting there uh, on the floor of the House. I know it's it's a real shame because uh, for the past century, uh, every uh, speaker uh, has been able to uh, you know swear in members, uh, or every new speaker has been able to swear in members right away, and they've been able to gather with their uh, small children and their spouses uh, uh, on on the floor and. These uh, members were weren't able to to uh, do that this this uh, time around, which is a shame. Uh, but look, uh, one of the things that I was telling some uh, reporters, I'm like, this is kind of interesting. Uh, you get to tell sort of new members and some new reporters. It usually isn't like this. Yeah. Uh, when a when a January sixth happened, it was sort of similar in the sense of it usually isn't like this. And you know, this is this is where we are today. Yeah, my guest with me is uh, is Carrie Pickett, singer, congressional reporter for The Washington Times. Carrie, let's talk about the politics of this now. Uh, mm. Chip Rory, uh, Rory, who who was uh, there, he said, look, I, the reason why I'm saying no to Kevin McCarthy is I want there to be up or down votes on on basic things, uh, amendments. We haven't been doing this. Great example is this massive spending bill we just had. Uh, that they rammed down our throats. They wouldn't let us separate things out and debate it, things on it, their merit. Uh, a great example of that uh, when it comes to the merit was the Ukraine funding. He said, look, I support Ukraine against Russia, but I think we should have a grand debate on the funding for Ukraine. It shouldn't be thrown into this omnibus spending bill the way that it was just done. And he said, this is the problem with that he has. He wants these things to be debated on their own merit. There's a lot of people in America that hear that and go, okay, that makes sense. Chip Rory's a guy that said, all right, I'm going to nominate Jim Jordan on the second ballot, which is what he did, saying, or I should say, excuse me, on the third ballot, which is what he did. And he's saying, I'm, I think the American people are ready for transparency back in government. I'm not here making ridiculous demands for me to sit on certain committees or things like that. I'm saying we need to go back to how do we pay for this and where's our money going? I want transparency in government. Is that where Jim Jordan can pick up some steam uh, in the early morning hours and overnight Tuesday into Wednesday? 
Maybe, because that was a similar reason that um, I heard from uh, Ralph Norman of uh, South Carolina. He does not like the spending problems that we have seen very recently, and that is what's keeping him a no on McCarthy as well. Another issue, too, by the way, Ben, is uh, that you have a number of, of, of these holdouts, a number of these conservatives, they don't like the whole idea that you have Republican leadership who uh, kind of gets involved with these primaries and they put their money down and they uh, on onto uh, winners and losers. They sort of pick who they would like to uh, push forward as opposed to uh, just staying out of the primaries altogether. And uh, we saw that in the upper chamber uh, with uh, Mitch McConnell and uh, a number of, uh, of these uh, conservatives who ended up kind of squeaking through or even overwhelmingly making it through uh, they saw how the money was uh, was uh, spent this time around as far as uh, GOP leadership in the House, and they're sort of upset about that as well. You know, it, when you look at McCarthy, he did make a statement to CNN where he said, there is no scenario where I drop out. Uh, he really seemed to, I think, um, mismanage this vote early on in the day. He had meetings with some of those that said there were going to be no's. He went to the floor uh, knowing he didn't have the votes. Uh, to become the speaker. And he basically said, well, no, no one else does either. So I'm going to get this by default. That backfired. Was this a big miscalculation for him? Well, uh, he was hoping, from what I uh, understand, that he uh, was apparently making a deal uh, with some Democrats that that they would simply just leave the floor and lower the threshold right? where he wouldn't where he wouldn't need 218 votes. Maybe All right, hold on, explain need- that, explain that aspect of this vote, because this is something that, that Kevin McCarthy was also thinking about from what I was told that they were saying, look, if this did go to a hundred votes, eventually some Democrats would leave because they'd be like, look, we know we're not going to get it. That would lower the threshold on the vote count. So therefore he could get it. Explain that the math on that and that strategy, because it very well could come into play on Wednesday. So apparently, uh, you know, like a McCarthy uh, was uh, making a deal uh, with Democrats to leave the floor at some point and lower the threshold from 218 to a number that he could actually attain. Um, however, uh, you know, you, you had a number of these uh, conservative Republican holdouts, these anti-Kevin McCarthy types who caught wind of this, and uh, they ended up asking, like, you know, squad members like AOC say, hey, what's this about you guys leaving the floor? And 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 these uh, AOC types are like, uh, we had no plans to do that. <laughs> so, you know, that kind of blew up in his face. Well, let's talk about if he doesn't get these votes. I mean, they say it's an all out war now, but if you don't have the votes, you don't have the votes. Is there real talk now about coalescing behind a Jim Jordan or would he still be short and then do you get yourself in a situation where there's a moderate that all of a sudden comes out of this? Um, you know, I asked, uh, you had a Bob Good, Republican from uh, Virginia, and he is, uh, once again, a never Kevin McCarthy uh, conservative. And he's the one who's always been talking about, oh, we have a candidate, we have a consensus candidate, and, and, we're, and, and we're keeping this candidate, you know, mysterious until, a, until the second round. And 
I asked him, like, okay, where is this mysterious candidate that you're supposed to unveil? And he dodged that question completely. So now we know that, that they never had a consensus candidate to begin with, or that person just dropped out. So as far as we can see, there is no consensus candidate as of now. Carrie, I want to ask you about the politics of this when it deals with Donald Trump. What's very interesting about the vote uh, that we witnessed on Tuesday was the people that were saying no to Kevin McCarthy were very much the MAGA Republicans. And yet Donald Trump has not said anything on his true social about this so far. Uh, he didn't seem to do anything really to help during the day that we know of Kevin McCarthy. He's kind of stepped back. Why? Very excellent question there, Ben. In fact, um, if you if you recall, Donald Trump did throw his support behind Kevin McCarthy early on for speaker, okay? And he did uh, sort of like do a deal with him in, in regards to, you know, hey, you support me, I'll support you. However, very recently, uh, as you very much mentioned, uh, he has not said anything in regards to Kevin McCarthy's speakership situation. And I think it's because uh, Trump has, you know, wants to be known as supporting a winner. Okay, and I spoke with Congressman Ken Buck uh, about this. Ken Buck is a Colorado Republican, and he thinks that this, you know, it may have helped McCarthy maybe in the beginning, but it may have backfired ultimately. And that's where he's sort of stuck at this point. Yeah, stuck is a great way of putting it. Let's talk about uh, Boebert and Matt Gates. They... Uh, made it very clear early on they were not going to go for Kev McCarthy. They kept asking for things that some people said was just unrealistic. Um, others said, look, they didn't, you know, they, they've been trying to screw those two over for the Republican establishment for a long time, didn't support them the way they should in their reelection bids. Bobert almost lost her seat uh, in Congress. Mm -hmm. Matt Gates has kind of been hung out to dry. Some say others say what's well, his own doing. Uh, when you look at those two individuals and they say this is just spite what's happening right now and they're putting the, the you know, they're, they're 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 empowering the Democrats. Now, with 20 people going for Jim Jordan's, can you really say that anymore about them? Are they maybe? Yeah, maybe they're maybe they're ultra MAGA. Right. But but are they more principled than maybe some of these other people are? And, and, and honestly, more than they thought they were going to be. Um, Matt Gates. Uh, his vendetta against uh, uh, M McCarthy is more personal than anything else. Explain uh, it then. Explain it because a lot of people don't know the history there. Okay, uh, I think that that you have uh, Matt Gates, who just never really felt that he was uh, supported by uh, by a McCarthy when 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 he felt that he was under siege. By yeah. a lot of the Democrats, and as well, and and, as, and when he was uh, under under investigation, exactly as well as uh, Liz Cheney, when uh, Liz Cheney was also attacking him as well. So, so when you had the Democrats and Liz Cheney who was attacking him, uh, he didn't feel that uh, that you had McCarthy who had his back, and yeah. he sort of like felt like McCarthy was sort of stabbing him in the back. And then when like uh, and then when elections sort of came around, uh, he pointed out, as I uh, previously mentioned, that McCarthy was sort of giving uh, 
was sort of picking and choosing losers in the uh, primaries. And th that's where he ended up saying, you know what, I've had enough of McCarthy. And that's where some of the history uh, off the top of my head kind of comes from. I, I want to ask you about this. Uh, former House Speaker Newt Gingrich did an interview um, with his good buddy over at Fox Business Channel, uh, Larry Kudlow, a moment ago. This is what he had to say about this um, battle that we're, that, that's historic, a 100-year battle. We haven't seen this in 100 years. Here's how he had put it, and I want to get your reaction. I was impressed that even when the rebels uh, decided to consolidate around Jim Jordan, who, of course, had just nominated uh, Kevin McCarthy, <clears throat> the number of votes didn't change. They didn't get any new votes. So I'm looking to the third, fourth, and fifth ballots to see what's going to happen. My guess is that McCarthy, in fact, will in the end be speaker. I wrote a newsletter recently pointing out that it was Kevin or chaos because, I mean, if, if for any reason uh, the radicals were to somehow be able to drive him out, uh, they would have established a precedent that anybody else can do the same thing. Uh, Lincoln warned about this in his first inaugural and said, the problem with secession is once you establish that right, everybody can secede from everybody. Well, uh, the five who started this fight have now given every other member of the House Republican Party uh, the moral right to go out and find four friends and have the same chaos. And I think that's why the conference has been overwhelmingly solid. And, and they're still overwhelmingly solid. Uh, even with Jim Jordan's name, and Jordan is certainly a very serious person, um, the numbers didn't change at all. They got 19. Kevin got 202. That means he's getting better than 10 votes for every vote the rebels can put together. And I think they have no endgame. These, these people can't play tic-tac-toe. Uh, and I think that's part of the problem is they've gotten themselves like the dog that caught the bus. They've gotten themselves in this position. They can't get out of it. And if Kevin is prepared to calmly and cheerfully wait him out, at some point their districts are going to start calling him and saying, you know, what are you doing? Why are you ruining the Republican Party? I, would I, I got to ask this question, and you've been there a long time in Washington, Kerry. You've been covering this. You know, he said at some point Americans will start calling saying, what are you doing? You're ruining the Republican Party. I disagree with that opinion, and I have a lot of respect for Newt Gingrich. I think the majority of Republican voters are would overwhelmingly support a Jim Jordan over a Kevin McCarthy. I think Kevin McCarthy is very much more the establishment GOP, the rhinos, the quote swamp. I think there's a ton that would call and say, get behind a Jim Jordan. But does he really have a chance in your opinion? Or do you say, you know what? Newt's probably right. At the end of this thing, Kevin McCarthy's still going to end up being a speaker. Um. I think that uh, you had Newt, who has, you know, really forged this uh, this strong sort of relationship with uh, McCarthy right now. And keep in mind, you know, Newt himself. I mean, you had like a coup, so to speak, a political coup yeah. that, like, you know, pretty much uh, he had to deal with back in his day when he was speaker. So, you know, there's some sort of recollections going on in his mind when he had to sort of deal with uh, these uh, factions when he was a uh, speaker back in his day. So I think that's kind of going on right now as far as he's uh, concerned. That being said, uh, if you have a, 
enough people who end up falling away from uh, McCarthy, and look, some already are, then Jordan could very well uh, end up uh, getting enough votes. But until then, I think I do think the the, the longer it it goes on, it could very well happen. It's going to be very interesting. I appreciate your time, uh, Carrie Pickett, senior congressional reporter at the Washington Times. Check her out. She's on Twitter and all the other social media platforms as well. Thank you for spending some time with us and, and, and explaining this to us as you're live there in D.C. Take care. Thank you. Hey there, it's Ryan Seacrest for Safeway. Head in store and shop for all your favorite personal care essentials to earn four times rewards points. Shop for products from Olay, Always, Gillette, Vicks, and Crest. Plus, check out new items like Mr. Clean Magic Eraser Ultra Thick Multi-Surface Cleaner. No more sponges or other cleaning products needed. And Head & Shoulders Bare Soothing Hydration Shampoo, a new kind of anti-dandruff shampoo with only nine ingredients. Offer expires March 26. Restrictions apply. Promotions may vary. Visit Safeway.com for more details it is obviously a historic day uh it is has not happened in a hundred years there is no speaker of the house right now because kevin mccarthy did not get the votes needed to become the speaker joining me now to talk about the politics of this a man that served in congress with a lot of people involved in this scenario uh is former congressman doug collins uh, uh doug i appreciate you coming on Let's talk about how did we get to this point. Uh, I I am still honestly shocked that Kevin McCarthy took this vote to the floor, knowing he didn't have the votes to win, somehow assuming that he'd eventually just get there, then clearly getting it wrong. Are are you as shocked as I am by the political miscalculation here? Uh, Yes and no, Ben. Ben, it's good to be on with you. Uh, I think you have to take it too far. Number one, Kevin has been wanting this job for so long and he has been denied it once by a group that back then frankly didn't they were he he let it go before it came to a vote or anywhere else and he stepped aside that's how we ended up with paul ryan um i think at this point he has felt like over the past few years he's done everything he possibly could do he's raised more money than any speaker we've you know any leader we've ever had he elected most of these people what's crazy is some of these people who are voting against him now he actually helped get elect uh, elected um, and I think you just hit the point of just simply saying, I've got no other place to go. It's either I go to the floor and I die on the floor or, you know, either way, that's the more, uh, you know, acceptable thing for him to do. I, I am shocked that he didn't have more conversation. I thought he would have this, if he was going to have it locked up, he'd have tried to have it locked up before. But now you've gotten into a situation, Ben, where you've got people who it's really, frankly, not about policy anymore. It's about the fact that they simply just don't want Kevin McCarthy and they're willing to stick to their guns. And as long as five of them hold out, Kevin can never become speaker. Yeah, and, and it seems that the bullying on uh, of Kevin McCarthy, kind of like you're going to step in line uh, and I've got enough people around me that no one else is going to get this thing, really backfired. I, I, I talked to one of the five confidentially. And they said the arrogance is what got him in trouble is he treated us like we were beneath him and that because he had virtually, virtually all the votes needed that we would just shut up and go away and they dug in even harder. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's really interesting. This is where Republicans and Democrats are really different. Pelosi and and the Democratic leadership have been doing this for years, Um, you know, keeping their folks in line, threatening them with. Uh, you know, lack of resources or threatening them with a primary or whatever, you know, and on our side, it, it's just, that's just never been a, a, a case. And then when it has happened, 
you know, uh, Republicans, you know, get upset. And I think what happened here is, is Kevin, you, there's an old saying in, in, in life, you cannot negotiate with somebody who's willing to shoot the hostage. And by meaning that there's nothing you can do, you either give them what they want or they'll never agree to you. And I think that, I think he just misread this with the five and probably a little bit more, probably eight and 10 that just said, look, Kevin, you're, unless you give us exactly what we want, we underlying we don't trust you. And I think that's going to become the theme out of this is at the end of the day, they, Chip they Roy said that Chip Roy, Chip Roy said exactly yeah, that. Yeah, I don't trust you. When, yeah. I don't yeah. trust you. And, and look, Chip Roy, I want to be clear here because I, when he nominated Jim Jordan uh, on, on that third ballot and, and gave his <laughs> speech, he made it clear. We just want there to be transparency in government, which by the way, is the majority of Republicans are going to listen to this are going to agree with this. He said, look, I want there to be amendments, for example, that are voted on based on their merit, not crammed into one massive bill. He referred to the Ukraine funding that was in the omnibus spending bill. He said that yep. should have been debated on its own merit. Agree completely. And, and I think this is, here's the problem. Some of what they want, okay, and this is some of the things that, you, like you just said, are things that we should have been doing or have been in the rules before. Again, thus not trusting Kevin. We had 72-hour uh, prior filing on bills. Uh, we had uh, some of this other stuff that is supposed to move toward a you know more open amendment process, which, by the way, the deep, dark secret is members want that until it actually happens, and then it's, it's really an interesting play uh, after that because it actually requires a lot more time and effort than most of the members, frankly, and I'm just being blunt here, are willing to give. Yeah. And, but the, these are the problems that are out there that could – yeah, I mean, could have thought. There's no reason. I mean, again, I'm so sick. Of, man, you and I thought about this. I am so sick of the Republicans and the Democrats acting as if September 30th is a shock. That's when the budget is due. That's when you got to have a spending bill done. Why don't you start in February getting it done? Yeah. And instead, they run it late because it controls. As long as the later it is, the leadership gets to decide. That's where Chip and them, I think, are right. Then it's left in it into this. This, you know, we go into this all of a sudden. The big deal about the motion to vacate. I'll, I'll give you a little secret here. This might be breaking news on, on your show. We back when they were trying to use that against John Boehner, we had heard, and I cannot prove this, but I've, we've heard it. And I heard it from enough folks that the Democrats were had basically back channeled to say, "Look, we're not going to allow this to happen." Frankly, because they didn't want it to happen to them. So again, this motion to vacate is an idea that that sounds really good, but at the end of the day, you still got to bring it to the floor, and you still got to get people to vote for it. And granted, they're in a much better position to do it now with four votes than, say, back when we had 35 uh, vote uh, margin. But again, these are things that again, most people don't understand. And that what they do understand is, is that we want to see Republicans do something. We want to see them pass bills. We want to see them actually have conservative legislation. And right now, we're coming into day two of a 118th Congress with Nancy Pelosi's clerk staff and everybody else still in control of Congress. Yeah. You, you listen to those that kind of started this and there's some and they have reason to be angry. Uh, you know, Representative Boebert barely won her reelection. She feels she was hung out to dry by the establishment. Uh, Matt Gates feels like he was disrespected and wasn't protected when people like Liz Cheney came after him and the investigations and that Kevin McCarthy didn't do enough. And they're sticking it to McCarthy. That's very clear. Yep. But Representative Boebert said this uh, just moments ago on Fox News. I want you to hear what she had to say about Jim okay. Jordan saying he's the guy, and then I'll get your reaction. 
How do you see this ending? Can you see yourself voting for a consensus candidate? Can you vote for Steve Scalise, for example? I am voting for um, anyone who actually brings unity to the Republican Party and helps get our country back on track. And we who is have that? to actually govern on the things that we've campaigned on. Well, right now, our candidate is Jim Jordan. This is He is a fighter. He is a leader. Um, he may not want it right now, but George Washington did not want to be president. He did what was right for his country. So do you think and Jim every Jordan time- is the consensus candidate? Right now, he absolutely is. And every time that he speaks up um, to defend Kevin McCarthy, he actually just reaffirms why he would make a great speaker. And if you heard from him that he does not want it in any way, shape, or form, what do you say? Uh, I have heard that from him. And uh, if we have the numbers, then sorry, Jim Jordan, we're going to make you do what's right for the country. We love you. Okay. You, I mean, do you believe her or is she Come full on. of crap? No. I mean, how do I mean, is this a I barely won this my last election. I'm going to go down and burn <laughs> the place down in the process. Well, I think it's I think it's look, it's it's a, I'm, I'm, again, anybody that's already voted against McCarthy has nothing to lose. OK, because they've already set themselves outside over 200 plus of their own members. They're, they're going to have trouble. You know, it's just this is not going to go. Away. This this bandaid that was ripped open today is not going to heal anytime soon. The, the understanding part here is Jim Jordan. Ben, I will tell you, there's at least 100 probable members, 125 members who will never vote for Jim Jordan for speaker, period. It ain't happening. So I mean, and, and when you not. say that, why? Because of just history, mainly because you know, it, it, and I think mainly because going back through history and times that that, that many in the conference uh, are just not as uh, as uh, fighting spirit, however you want to put it. And Jim does not build those relationships outside of uh, the main part of his own committee or the other Freedom Caucus. There's a lot to do with. This is the part that hard it's hard for him to understand. But sitting in those chairs, sitting in those conference rooms, it is as much of a uh, is close to, I won't say military because I'm in the military, but it's different, but maybe a fraternity. It, it's, it's, it, you can be a part of fraternity but not know everybody. You can be a part of fraternity but not really uh, that many friends. Sometimes this is what Jim has been a great member at bringing up issues. He's a great member at investigating, but he's never desired to legislate and he's never desired to lead the, the, the conference. He's desired to, to focus on investigations, to dig in, and go after what he is wanting to investigate, there's a much bigger picture here when it comes to being Speaker of the House. And, and right. whoever gets this is, is in trouble. I mean, they, right. they're in trouble. This, well, this and that's where I was going to ask you. you. You look at Kevin McCarthy. He's one of this thing for as long as he's been alive and knew what the Speaker was. Yeah. You've, got, you've got a guy by the name of Steve Scalise, who, who a lot of people know his name because, unfortunately, he was wounded in that attack. Uh, when they were preparing for that that baseball game, the congressional baseball game, several years back, he's liked by a lot of people. He's a survivor in that sense. Um, they're close friends, and people keep saying maybe he's the quote consensus candidate. If you say that Jim Jordan's will never get it, and they're going to have to move on from him, is Steve Scalise, based on your time in Congress, probably that that one or best option right now? He may be, but my concern goes back to something that I heard just a few minutes ago, and and that is, you know, from some of the five or six that have voted no consistently, you know, they said that if you just come, like if you go to the one vote on the motion to, to vacate or you go to this, then we'll vote for you. Um, look, that may get the consent, that may get those on board, and you may keep the other 200 simply because it's let four votes and they're, they're tired of looking like they don't know what they're doing. 
But in over time, the more the next person gives to get those votes, there's a group of the other House members that are sitting there like the, you know, the, the old story of the prodigal son. Prodigal son comes home, everybody celebrates, but what about the son who stayed? And there's a lot, a lot of members who are sitting there saying, look, we're here just to work. We've been doing the work away from cameras and everything else, and you're giving everything to these who pitch to fit. And that's your problem, Ben. They, 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 and look, I'm not trying to, to put down either side, but this is the reality. And people need to take in the Republican Party, I'm sick of us doing the, the high and mighty cloud-waving stuff. we got to be reality. If we want to fight back against Democrats, we better get our crap together. Let, let me ask you this. Come noon Wednesday, they reconvene. What happens then in your gut? How long will it take? And do you believe that Kevin McCarthy will end up being the speaker? I think he is, still has a chance. It will depend on how much he is able to give tonight. And, and also then it would also say, are those five or six philosophically opposed just to Kevin? If they are, he won't become speaker. Well, and, and that's what I was going to say. It seems like those, at least those five, are pretty much hell-bent on just saying, we're going to screw yep. you to say because you're the establishment, yep. and and it, you better find us another candidate because it ain't. we're not going to give you your dream job. <laughs> and look, maybe that's one of the problems of saying you want it so bad is that people know just how bad you want it. Now it's just an issue of you want it this bad, we're going to make sure you never get it. Yeah, that's the problem Kevin's had all along. And I just say this as someone who considers him a friend. Kevin has always had that problem. He was always the consensus. If you if you remember back when they were the young guns, remember when remember when Republicans thought Kevin McCarthy, Paul uh, Ryan, and, and uh, Eric Cantor were were the the stars of the of the, the true new conservatives. Right. They were they, before they got yeah, I would say I mean, corrupted by Washington. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was really interesting though. And, and what has is, is happened is, is is but but Paul, uh, you know, Paul fell off because Paul again. Leading in a speakership job is almost impossible. Nancy Pelosi is un. Look, if you ever want to be, I've always said this: if you ever want to yep. be president of the United States of America, you never want to be Speaker of the House because you'll never get the job. Exactly, it, it's, it's one of those things. So, I mean, now is there an opening now for an off, not an off, an unknown? Okay, because I want, I want to be very careful, with Republicans. Remember, we got Denny Hassert this way. Okay. It, let's, remind let's, let's people be of that because they don't remember the history. So re- quickly explain yeah, what you mean by a, that. I will. That's a, that's a concern because we've got to get back in the, or, or in the back in the 2000 when we had one of our speakers, um, Livingston, I think was, he was going to be speaker. Then he got caught in an affair and they're coming along and, and really nobody was out behind. Nobody could agree on who it was. And then all of a sudden this sort of backbencher from Illinois who was sort of liked by everybody. Remember my fraternity reference. He was sort of liked by everybody, go along, get along kind of guy. He was pushed up and was elected speaker. And if you go through those times, and then, of course, the, the very ugly way he ended and, and what came out after his speakership and everything else. But also, I, I reminded somebody today, because they were giving uh, Paul Ryan and John Boehner and all, a real hard time. Remember, Paul Ryan did not want to be speaker. He's just like Jim Jordan in that respect. He didn't want to be speaker. It's not his giftedness. It's not where he wanted to be. And yet he took the job and, you know, some things I think he did very well on, some things I think he struggled with um, because he was still looking at an old school consensus. So, folks, you've got to be wary that speaker is a job that is more than just giving speeches. It's more than just, you know, telling the Democrats to, to jump, take a jump. It's actually a lot of administration. It's actually a lot of planning. It's a lot of stuff. You, and it takes you away from things 
that you may want to do. That's why Jim wants to be uh, take. He took my old position as ranking member of judiciary, and he wants to be judiciary chairman because that's his comfort zone. That's where he likes to be. You take that out, Jim doesn't go get to yell at uh, people in the committee anymore. He has to stay in the speaker's office and control 222 Republicans to get things like the budget passed, the debt ceiling done, and things like that. My guest to me, Doug Collins, he's got a great podcast. You can download Doug Collins' podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Final question. Noon, you're there. If you were a member of Congress again and you were sitting there, how would you vote at noon? Tomorrow, I'd have probably been... Knowing what I know right now, with a situation like it is, I'd have already voted for McCarthy probably three times. Because simply, there was never the preparation. And again, and that's saying that I had got dropped in without even you know having a chance to fix anything beforehand. Uh, because right now, uh, if they get mad at McCarthy, they'll get rid of McCarthy. Um, but at a certain point in time, you got to fix four, four votes. Think about that, Ben. Four votes. Yeah, this isn't we, about we, it's, it's, four, it's can we, you get four people to like you who hate you? Probably not. And remember, we've had some of those people. Some some of our members in the Republican Party have never voted for an appropriations bill, have never voted for some legislation. How are we supposed to get that done? They've never voted for Republican legislation. Yeah, how are they supposed to vote now? Yeah, great point, Doug. Appreciate it as always. I'm sure we'll have you back again real soon. Sounds good, Ben. Take care, bud. Thank you, sir. Take a quick break. Ben Ferguson show more coming up. Doug, I appreciate your time, my friend. Thank you for coming on. Make sure you share this podcast with your family and friends. Write us a five-star review. We're going to keep you up to date on this. Also, I'll be doing a special podcast with Senator Ted Cruz with his show, Verdict. So make sure you download Verdict with Ted Cruz as I co-host that podcast with him three days a week. And I will see you back here tomorrow. Hey there, it's Ryan Seacrest for Safeway. Head in store and shop for all your favorite personal care essentials to earn four times rewards points. Shop for products from Olay, Always, Gillette, Vicks, and Crest. Plus, check out new items like Mr. Clean Magic Eraser Ultra Thick Multi-Surface Cleaner. No more sponges or other cleaning products needed. And Head & Shoulders Bare Soothing Hydration Shampoo, a new kind of anti-dandruff shampoo with only nine ingredients. Offer expires March 26. Restrictions apply. Promotions may vary. Visit Safeway.com for more details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.